You're listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast, bringing you the best of geek from week to week. Join your hosts Dion and Quinny and the occasional special guest as they talk movies, TV, gaming, toys, comics, and everything in between. Now, where to begin? My mother named me Enola, which backwards spells alone. And yet, we were always together. And it was wonderful. She was my whole world. Which leads me on to the second thing you need to know. A week ago, I awoke. Mother? To find that my mother was missing, and she did not return. I'm presently on the way to collect my brothers, Mycroft and Sherlock. Yes, Sherlock Holmes, the famous detective, my genius brother. He will have all the answers. Enola. Where's your hat and your gloves? Well, I have a hat. Just makes my head itch. And I have no gloves. My God. A wild woman brought up a wild child. Who will make her acceptable for society? She seems intelligent. There are two paths you can take, Enola. Yours, or the path others choose for you. It is time to find my mother. The game is afoot. Enola Holmes! Yay! I think it's working. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Who's Enola Holmes? I don't know. I've got no idea, but I'm hoping that the audio is working because it wasn't for a minute and then it was. Yes, welcome to the, the <laughs> welcome to the wild, wild world of podcasting and well, live streaming in, in the digital age. Yes, absolutely. You're doing a great job. Yeah, I and then we go back. There we go. Support. Yep. Thank because you. I appreciate the, the, the positivity. Yeah, Quinny's doing it. Quinny's hosting this week for the first time. He's going to go great. It's all going to be real good. Um, You're doing great, sweetie. (laughs) Thanks, Mum. We have gone to the uh, technical difficulties. (laughs) I I did that for a second for humor's sake. Just for the hell of it. Yeah. Um, Because I thought it would be funny. but uh, mainly because uh, I have a 92% likelihood that I will drop out of this stream at some point during the time because I'm I don't have the internet in my house yet. Ah. So I mean I do. I've got something. I'm obviously here. But yeah. uh, well, clearly, yeah. um, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's all going to be fine. Everything's going to be great because we're going to have a wonderful time. And if we don't, then the podcast will come out anyway on Thursday. Fine. That's. Cool. Anyway, me, I'm terrified. (laughs) I'm terrified. I'm crapping myself. You're paddling. Yes, I'm very calm (laughs) on top, but underneath. Um, And I'm also Quinny, so hi. Hi. Hi, Quinny. Um, And and you on that side, or that side. Who are you? It's you, Beck. I have no idea where we are. (laughs) Yeah. In relation to you. Every week, uh, Quinny, Quinny, you are in the top, uh, top right hand side. Yes, Beck, I know. You're in the top left. Hand side. Peter, you're in the bottom left hand side. Dion and I'm the bottom right hand side. So if I look up like this, I go, "Yeah, you're like sucked in. It's your turn." To <laughs> yeah, you, handle. you can have all the pain and terror. <laughs> and if I look yeah. that way, I look at Beck and go, "Hi, how you doing?" Hi, oh. um, I'm okay. How are you? You doing all right? Yeah. You're a bit blurry. Your face uh, is a bit blurry. Good? Well, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter, how are you down there? I'm great. I'm great. As, as great as, as we all can be at the moment. 
Yeah. You're doing pretty good. Yeah. You're doing some good Netflix. I'm doing, I'm doing uh, relentless positivity at the moment just to try to counteract anything else that's coming through. So I'm great. Good. This stream's great. great. You're all great. You're all excellent people. Everything's great. All Everything's going to be amazing. Yes, there's going to be no problems. Everything's going to go flawlessly, just like the start of this stream. <laughs> Flawless. <laughs> Certainly, there was no problem with mics coming on or weird stuff or anything. Ah, that's ah, great. Ah, fuck it, that's boring stuff. Anyway, so what right. are we talking about today? What is our film that we are reviewing? No. Really? We're doing um, Enola Holmes Accord. <laughs> No, just Enola Holmes. That is a very niche joke. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just make bad jokes and someone else goes, I don't get it. And, then one and person one person goes, at the back of the audience goes, huh. <laughs> Not even, they just go, uh. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes, we're doing Enola Holmes, the uh, the Netflix uh, pre. Well, I was going to say pre-made, but no, the Netflix uh, packaged Millie Bobby Brown vehicle um, to update and reinvigorate the Sherlockian myth for a new generation, much like. Not sure, that's the point of it, but okay. <laughs> much like Crystal Pepsi updated the Pepsi drinking generation of the eighties to that new fun stuff. Uh, Anola Holmes has come along to refresh and uh, entice a brand new generation of people into the world of uh, Sherlock Holmes. Sorry, are you trying to say that Anola Holmes is the taste of a new generation? <laughs> no, I'm Good. making a weird allegory between Anola Holmes and Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking about niche comedy, there you and are. It doesn't work. No. <laughs> no. Please, someone else. <laughs> so, yes, we are talking about. Right. Yes. Enola Holmes is a movie based on a children's book um, by the same name, which is actually a series of books. Um, and they are written about Sherlock and uh, Mycroft's little known younger sister, Enola, um, which is alone spelled backwards. Aww. Aww. Um, no. But fun fact, her name is actually, she's named after a town in the US. She's not actually just named because it's alone spelt backwards. Oh. Yes. This is I, I've never heard of these books at all. Um, it's written by Nancy Spicer, who is an, oh, Springer, sorry, uh, who is an American. So it is not taking on the literary um, Arthur Conan Doyle. Sort of <laughs> Which is... I, Sorry? I mean, it is. Like, it's... It, you can't you can't do Sherlock Holmes and not be, be taking on Arthur Conan Doyle just because you're American. That's not how that works. Kind of. I'm in a different country and I'm going to invent this character called Sherlock Holmes and his brother Mycroft. And... He's mine now. 
Though, funnily enough, there are actually... I was reading about some of the licensing stuff that goes along with Sherlock Holmes. And, I mean, normally IP infringement and licensing is the least interesting thing you can talk about. But this stuff I found actually (laughs) surprisingly entertaining. So... Um, there were two different periods of time that people were writing Sherlock Holmes. There was early Sherlock Holmes and later Sherlock Holmes. Um, and uh, there was also a period where he was written by somebody else. Uh, like the last couple of Sherlock Holmes stories were written by somebody else entirely. And depending on which ones you're looking at is whether or not they're still in um, copyright and whether they still uh, the, the license is still owned by the Arthur Conan Doyle estate. And it depends on the characteristics of Sherlock Holmes himself as to whether or not your thing's going to be infringing on copyright or not. So if you uh, yeah. your version of Sherlock is a prick and doesn't like people, you can probably get away with it. If he's slightly avuncular and he likes dogs, that means that he's actually from the later ones and you can't use that version of Sherlock. Yes, and, like, and in this one, uh, there has been some mention, there is a bit of controversy on the whole estate thing because they think that he's too nice. So, Which means the case. Nice. He's from yeah. the, the later writer and therefore still within copyright and therefore, fuck those guys. <laughs> he's emotionally yeah. accessible. So therefore, I would give them some money. <laughs> Fair enough too. Um, but yes, surprisingly the, works out a lot. The young... Um, well, yeah, some of those suits barely fit him. Mm. It's what you get for having a witcher as your Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Um, standing, standing Mycroft next to Sherlock and you're like, this is not the same genetics, guys. No. Like... <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that uh, that um, the mother may have had something on with the, the, the milk boy or something like that, if that's the case. <laughs> or the person who plows the field by hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so the uh, books that this is based on are obviously children's books, so they are not uh, written like the classic Sherlock Holmes stories that we're used to, um, but they do introduce Enola uh, and make the sort of uh, female detective uh, thing very accessible to children in much the same way as some... Uh, previously well-loved detective heroines um, that I'm sure many of us grew up with, particularly if we grew up um, of the female persuasion. Are we talking Nancy Drew here? Or is there someone a little bit... There's there's quite a few of them, actually. Um, And quite like it's quite a common um, and interestingly common uh, theme within books for young women um, who... You know, it's it's not just fairy tales. That the whole detective theme is quite a common one to come across. It is, isn't it? Now, now that you mention that, I'm like, oh yeah, There's like the the teenage uh, female detective is a is a full trope unto itself. Yeah. Did you yeah. ladies have favourites of those growing up? I, I I never really read Nancy Drew. Um... I, I don't I don't have any any kind of popping to mind the detective stories I read as a kid were like you know the Fantastic Five and stuff like that it was all in a blightenship which I can't remember exactly but to memory the girls probably weren't doing the hard yards uh, there were lashings of ginger beer I do know that <laughs> like lashings of ginger beer and um, lots of nice fizzy pop 
Yeah. And pop biscuits. Hmm. I think the ones like uh, Penny from Inspector Gadget. Yeah, yeah. that counts. Yeah, yeah. So Penny from Inspector Gadget. I think Kim Possible definitely counts. Yeah. yeah. Or Velma from um, Scooby-Doo. Yes. Who else was the kind of sort of detective child? Harriet Look, the Spy is another popular one. Yeah. Harriet's the one that I thought of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I there's... there's quite a few of them genuinely um and i think that what's really really nice about this is that um we're we're seeing kind of the sister of someone who is really well known um in uh our popular culture um so well known in fact that you don't even have to have read or seen any of um sherlock's uh stories uh in order to know the name and it's actually like become its own phrase unto itself saying yeah. no shit sherlock is like everyone yeah. knows that um you don't I mean, even need context for it anymore it's almost become its own verb like you know if you if you've sherlocked something you've you've you know you've found something out you like it it is a, a cultural touch point um definitely which i think is i mean it's lovely to then look at that and go okay what's a new exploration of it because yeah. it's not like we haven't had Sherlock explored significantly in recent years. Through every orifice, <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> Probed deeply. Sherlock is, like, every couple of minutes a Sherlock rehash, or not rehash, but a Sherlock thing comes out. What do you get, like, Young Sherlock Holmes Chronicles? Oh, man, I fucking love Young Sherlock Holmes. Famously the, the most depicted fictional character on screen? Mm. Really? Yes, yeah. because he's out of copyright infringement. Apart from the later <laughs> ones. record. See, this is quick Googling from, from my part. Uh, it <laughs> says that Sherlock Holmes has been depicted on screens 254 times. Holy shit. And who's the best Sherlock? Basil Rathbone. <laughs> Basil Rathbone. No, like m sure. most people, uh, when they think of Sherlock uh, up until about the mid-90s or thereabouts, you mentioned Sherlock and everybody had a particular picture in their head, which was this sort of side-on thing with a very pointy nose and not much of a chin and the deerstalker yeah. cap and the and the, the pipe. And that version of it is pretty much the Basil Rathbone version from, God, the 60s and 70s, I think. Um, that's He was kind of the Sherlock for a very long time. Now? Yeah. Now it's else? Cumberbatch. Um, <laughs> snatch. It just is. Like, I'm sorry, RDJ, but I think Cumberbatch has taken that from you. Yeah. Did we like the, the Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, Sherlock's? I did. They were terrible and fun. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they were fun. fun. They were fun, yeah. fun, forgettable movies. Yeah. Whereas Cumberbatch has really, um, he's, he kind of run with the character. Um, and, and he got more time with the character as well, you know. He was, he was doing series. Um, uh, not just a, a film, and and quite. I mean, it was good. Mm. It was a good series. I admit to not watching the most recent, um, the most recent series that came out, um, but but a very yeah. enjoyable character depiction. I thought, um, but now Henry Cavill is my Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's talk about the Superman in the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, they did a really beautiful thing with this movie 
which would have been very easy not to do, especially when you've got a character like Sherlock and you've got an actor like Henry Cavill playing him. Um, it would have been very easy to make this movie very Sherlock focused and yeah. they didn't. And I am forever grateful for that. Um, yeah, it's, it was, it was a good choice. Good choice. He, he didn't. He didn't steal any scenes either. He was. He was the appropriate amount of, of present. Actually, I'm a minor character in this film, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to pop in and impart unnecessary wisdom, and then pop it's out part again. Of every every English actor's uh, repertoire to have at least been in a Sherlock production of some sort. Yeah, and Henry Cavill was just ticking boxes. Like, yep. I do like I that. I, was um, <laughs> I do like that uh, you mentioned that the wisdom was unnecessary, uh, particularly mm. seeing as um, he is depicted, Sherlock in this movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, Sherlock definitely exists and is definitely a well-known detective um, by the time that this movie even starts. Though it's pre-Watson. Um, it's pre-Watson, uh, so all of the information that we have on Sherlock is from uh, collected news articles um, about his his feats, the mm. things that he has solved. Um, he's, but he he's... is still relatively, not feat, feats, <laughs> F-E-A-T-S. <laughs> Getting oh into the Victorian era. <laughs> We've got a sketch of your ankles, Mr. Holmes. Um, <laughs> Why are you pronouncing it Holmes? With an L, it's doing my head in. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. I also want to point out that this movie was uh, co-produced by Millie Bobby Brown, so it's got a wonderful uh, female backing behind it, um, which is excellent. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the fact that, that, yes, they've got somebody in there who is charismatic as fuck to be Sherlock, but also not such a big deal and and let me tell you very rarely would i have actually gone you know Car henry cavill as being charismatic as fuck up until now uh, he's kind of been yes he's very pretty to look at but my what a lovely piece of acting would he is um and in this one i kind of went oh well he's actually quite avuncular and pleasant and nice and um you dick <laughs> I think in this he got to play himself a little bit, mm. um, because he does tend to be cast as quite stoic characters. But didn't didn't you like Man from Uncle? I haven't watched it. I what? haven't seen it. Jesus fucking. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, I, think I I quite liked um, you know he he fit the role well as the charismatic big brother because you know if, if you have an older sibling. Um, who, you know, you may be familiar with the concept that a, a youngest child can be overshadowed um, mm. by one's siblings and it's kind of hard to, hard to get out of that shadow. Um, and I think that he, it, it, it was quite nice that, you know, <laughs> sorry, my house is collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated your desire to keep going. Yeah. Like the, the face stayed on. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. You're like, there was this glazed over kind of like, no, it's fine. I'm just gonna reach out of frame, okay. and yes. Sorry, 
You were saying. Like you were saying. a sibling relationship between um, Imelda and Sherlock, and that's kind of what I liked about it. You know, he, he, he is the, um, the, the better-known big brother, but, but ultimately um, for us as the audience, um, Imelda was allowed to shine. Yes, and I think that uh, one thing that kind of sat a bit wrong with me was how close their relationship seemed to be, given that they did not know each other. You can't just put two people in a room and say, well, you're brother and sister, so you're going to get along. That's mm. not how people work. Like, no. Um, so to give those who may not have seen it yet a bit of context, um, we start with the wonderful Enola, uh, the younger sister of Mycroft and um, Sherlock Holmes. Okay, uh, the other has, guy. <laughs> yeah, who has uh, left, uh, who has been left by her uh, brothers and her father has passed away and it's just her and her mother in this beautiful um, mansion, English mansion, um, estate. Uh, and they are being sent money by both Sherlock and Mycroft, but neither of the big brothers ever come back and say hello. They never really, like, have anything to do with the upbringing of Enola and are just assuming because the mother is sending back all of this uh, conversation, um, all of these letters. Uh, they're just assuming that Enola is being brought up a perfect young lady, as is proper in the Victorian age, um, <clears throat> and that the house is being well taken care of. I, I do love that. Sent back to them. You know, the, 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 the conversation backwards and forwards is, ah, well, we need some more repairs on the house. Oh, and Enola needs another tutor, and this needs this. That money is not going to any of that shit. I think Mycroft is, is paying for, because he's the one who's gone the government route job, mm. like fancy government important person makes lots of money, and Sherlock is still kind of the outcast, casual detective freelancer. Mm. So that sort of explains why Mycroft is quite pissed off when he finds out that the money hasn't been appropriately uh, dispensed as he would have seen fit. I actually really enjoyed that that uh, sort of dynamic of the two brothers um, because we've seen it a lot of times in other films and stuff. Like, Mycroft quite often shows up and he's usually a very small character. Like, he's somebody that you go to some shade from and then he disappears off into the background to be rich um whereas in this I one it was actually interesting seeing that dynamic issue. sorry with with mycroft i had a huge issue with mycroft which i don't know if anyone else did uh, and the actor uh, sam claflin uh who i know uh, more from peaky blinders <laughs> where he plays a british fascist in government in the house of lords and I couldn't separate the two people in there because I was like, Mycroft is a terrible person and we need to get rid of him immediately. And also I couldn't separate the character, him playing those two different characters. But he was malevolent enough. I just still couldn't believe it that he didn't do any working out, whereas Sherlock just pushed, I don't know, all the awesome carts around central London like, forever. Uh, Mycroft in this was set up to be a bad guy from the very start and he huh. does that very well um, he's just a nasty piece of sexist shit but that is <laughs> he's the patriarchy of the time yeah like they they embodied in one character what what the what the, the 
plot showed a lot of the female characters actively fighting against. Yes. What is interesting, though, is that, and this is my history, like, uh, clothing nerd coming out, <laughs> um, is that the scene where uh, you, we first meet the two brothers, where Enola goes to pick them up from the station, um, she is wearing a dress that would have been perfectly reasonable for a girl her age. And they brush past her saying, you know, they were expecting someone dressed more like a lady when 16 year olds in the Victorian age would not necessarily have been expected to be, you know, primped and pampered as they seem to assume she would have been. Um, so not valid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and admittedly, that is a, that is a detail of the, the film that I, I would never have picked up. Um, but obviously, you know, the way that she is presented throughout the film is actually very important. Like the going from being, you know, a wild, free, uh, you know, bohemian virtually to, okay, okay, I have to dress like society tells me that I'm going to. But then I can still kick the shit out of people while wearing that. I was, that was a moment for me and I was like, fuck yes. I really enjoyed yeah. that, that the, the costume didn't necessarily um, hold her back from anything, but in fact was actually a benefit to her. Yeah, and that's something that uh, shits me a lot in a lot of these period dramas is the idea that corsets are very restrictive um, and are a symbol of the patriarchy and are designed to hold women back. When in reality, a corset, if it's properly made and well-fitted, is more comfortable than the modern bra. So there you go. Not actually a problem. Um, we need to remember that women uh, throughout history, essentially, we, we went from having stays and pairs of bodies to corsetry. Um, and all of those periods of time women were wearing corsets to do everything and they did just as much manual labor if not a lot more than we do now wearing a corset and it was not an issue yeah and i, I like that at a different point in time in this like it even becomes a boon like it's it's legitimate armor like, Look, let's I, not get too spoilery. I really enjoyed that, um, you know, this is a, a female detective story um, where she doesn't just use her smarts, uh, that there is that physicality to uh, a lot of the scenes and that she has been taught to uh, defend herself. Um, and I have to say, I really enjoyed also Susan Wacoma um, in her role as was it Edith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and and that entire content. I mean, I enjoy Susan Wacoma in basically everything I see her in, so I was super happy to see her in this um, and would have liked to see her even more. I, I, yeah. Sorry, you go. Uh, well, I, I feel like there is a whole storyline in this movie that we don't see nearly enough of, um, and it kind of gets pushed aside and that's kind of the storyline that I was wanting um, not this story about a uh, a young man who's this boy yeah <laughs> mm. <laughs> about a young lord I would much rather have seen the story that was kind of an undercurrent um, mm. that got hinted at um, and we got glimpses of and and kind of went down the path a little bit and then it just kind of got swept away I, I think that was the foppish boy side <laughs> 
thing. But I mean, yeah, the, the more interesting story was what is uh, what is Enola's mum? What what are the shell the home the homes people's the home mother the home mother? Uh, what what was she doing? Um, which I, I was just that really nice little kind of taste of, of interesting story. But then it was like back to the foppish boy and breaking mm. the fourth wall. Let's do that. And it's kind of like, damn it, now I want more. And that's probably precisely what they wanted to do, which is go, this is fun. Yes and no. Like I I, I, got more there. I definitely agree I want more, <laughs> but whether this was intentional or whether I, I in a way think it was almost a bit of a misstep. Um I don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the film, but I feel like they've gone for a slightly easier sell which is you know enola falls in love with boy when in fact there is a much more um gutsy story in there and i would even go further sorry to interrupt go um i'd go further and say that it was a massive misstep because what they effectively do um is turn this into a white male savior situation mm-hmm. um, we don't have to do suffrage anymore because we just saved to the foppish, foppish boy oh fuck yeah. actually and now the more i think about that and what's more the foppish boy is the one who makes the decision at the end that and and makes the oh man okay sorry i was okay. about to get well, way there's, spoilery there's massive spoiler, <laughs> but sure. yeah um <laughs> yeah no 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 I, I i backed away from the spoiler <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to admit this is one of my my issues with it as well. Is that story was the more interesting story, mm. um, but one of my biggest issues is when I first saw the trailer for like weeks, looking forward to this, I thought it was a series. And yes, it took until last week for me to go like, how many episodes of Enola am I going to watch? And Dion's like, it's a movie, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> there is so not enough this already. But I. I feel like for me the 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 two the way these two storylines intersected would have been ideal for the beginning of a series um because there's a huge up in in i guess what they're considering to be the b story um that feels like it could be an a story series arc um that doesn't really feel utilized or resolved by the time you get to the end of it yeah, one one of our, our commenters on Facebook, um, when saw that was reviewing this, wrote quite a good piece about it. Simon, um, who was a regular at the in the house stuff, um, who who runs a group called the Shit Movie Group, and I respect that. Um, but he he wrote a thing about it, just saying that it feels very much like a pilot. Um, it's a very well made pilot. It's it's a it's a good film, but it feels a lot more like it's setting up. A bunch of characters to give us long-term payoff and um if you don't have that payoff it actually feels like a bit of a a fuck up it's a it's not as self-contained as it should be sorry yeah it's a bit soft it feels like we were offered the choice of two storylines and we went with the the more top line soft fluffy one um which just happened to partially solve the hard-hitting one in you know in in following that as well um but we we miss so much we really do miss so much and and that element of you know this is the actual interesting story that we get just a taste of that's what we want um and i feel like 
they would do well to create a spin-off series from this um, and explore that side of things more um, with, you know, a little less of a focus on the young love story, which is not actually, you know, that big a deal. No, not that important. And I mean, I think they could have set themselves up really well in the sense that you've now got, uh, you know, a, as you say, an A arc for an entire series. Um, mm. But then you've also got the potential for bringing in your uh, Sherlock every now and then. Doesn't have to be there every episode. Could be a guest star once a season, you know, or at the end of a season if you want to give it a boost or something like that. You've got a really great setting with her in London. You've got um, the potential for bringing in the mother and giving Helena Bonham Carter more to do. Um, if you've got the budget for it. it, to me, it feels like it makes a lot more sense as a series. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Um, I had some issues with overacting in this movie. There is a really? lot of hamming it up. Yeah. <laughs> Like, just calm down, <laughs> take several chill pills. Um, and from a number of the cast, actually, not just um, our lead. Uh, but at the same time, it made for some truly beautiful The Office-style looks to the camera, um, <laughs> which were highlights. And I don't know if they would have worked as well if the characters weren't as overacted. Um, and I watched this with my good friend Echoing Artemis uh, last weekend and she actually pointed out that it kind of made sense for a character like Enola who has grown up and, and been raised completely apart from all of society to be a little bit more over the top. Especially um, if your mum's Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, a little bit eccentric. <laughs> like Hel Helena Bonham Carter has never once been accused of underacting anything. <laughs> Um, oh, darling, no one pays to see you underact. Yeah. So, you know, I, it did brush me up the wrong way occasionally, but overall, it did not ruin the experience. I, I really, really enjoyed. Um, oh, Peter, you no. go. It's everyone. Everyone go. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed Millie Bobby Brown um, in this. You know, I know it was it was pushed to a certain limit, um, and for me. It, it kind of reached the limit of, you know, fun film, fourth wall breaking, um, character building. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I found it quite kind of magnetic in that character. And that's one of the reasons I'm really disappointed it's not a series because I would love to spend more time with her as Enola being that and doing that and kicking some more ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see all of the skills that she demonstrates learning be put to use at some point in time. Like, you see her, um, you know, really kick the shit out of some people with the jujitsu. And what's more, I really enjoyed the, the technique stuff that was going on there. Um, but yeah, you see her doing all this other stuff, the archery and the um, just basically being a really cool, active person. And I'm like, oh, I want to see all that, please. More. Dion, what were you going to say? I had some sort of an issue with the uh, the breaking of the fourth wall um, kind of stuff because I was sitting there going, 
Are you going to, have we broken into something and she's going to start touring me around and then asking if I want to come and visit and then it turns into some sort of ad for like, you know, holidays. It's like, hey, I'm having fun in my adventure. You can come too. It's only $29.95 to catch a train to come down here and you can stay here in this other, like it felt very infomercially. Um, and I was just kind of like. Yeah, where she goes, what, what should I do? And like ask the audience, what should I do? And there was that moment where you go, fuck, is this another like Bandersnatch? Are we meant to be doing a choose your own adventure? Because <laughs> um, it did really did feel like that. That would have been interesting. Enola Holmes, yeah, at Enola Holmes, like choose your own adventure, it would be fun. I would be into that actually. Yeah. The more I, I think the, about it, the more I'm totally down for that. <laughs> I did the Kimmy Schmidt one. Like, I did Bandersnatch, which was just kind of like, oh, let's go weird. And then Kimmy Schmidt is funny, like, if you play that one along. So I can see this one as being, like, a fun adventure. And, uh, and eventually, you know, she saves the day or doesn't save the day or meets another foppish boy. Well, wouldn't it be nice if she met a foppish girl, too? Um, wouldn't it be nice really if we like just them. met literally one other option? Yeah. <laughs> Any any other option? I, yeah, I honestly loved uh, Chooksbury, uh, mainly because he was terrible at everything, and yet it was he one was. of the core drivers of that he story. He was. I mean, he, he was great at knowing flowers. It was like I just want to go and do flowers. It's like, isn't that nice? That there's just a sweet idiot boy represented here instead of the sweet idiot girl, um, kind of thing. And I just kind of liked that it was this big, sort of change of pace like it was very much a nola holmes movie great and then when they introduced him i was like oh no this is going to be terrible and then he was played so wet that i was like i love it i love that you're wet and terrible because no, but you see enola actually wouldn't fall in love with a completely useless wet boy she fell in no, love with him no, because she realized that he wasn't completely useless yeah um and i kind of like yes, that but also, i enjoyed I the role of I, I enjoyed the role reversal because I am sick of seeing useless women being rescued um, mm. again and again and again and again and again. So the, the little role reversal was kind of nice, but I think it's a bit much to call him useless. He had yeah. some know-how. He definitely, yeah, he, he was doing okay. He wasn't doing great, no. but he was doing okay for a, a young man born to privilege who has no idea how to take care of himself. He was actually taking okay care of himself for a little while there. I did appreciate though that they, um, it's not really a spoiler because they do it right at the start. They cut his hair off and he's like, well, it's just hair. And then they act as though his new haircut is something terrifying. when in fact, it's a perfectly reasonable yeah, yeah. Korean haircut for a man. Like there's nothing weird about it. He just doesn't have the, the, the... super long um, prints which I did have a, a brief moment of thinking. So, hang on, is is the long hair, you know, considered to be slightly inappropriate, or is the short hair because he looked completely fine with both? And it was both of them are totally fine. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, if Millie Bobby Brown can do that to hair with a knife, then <laughs> she's cutting everyone's hair from now on. Sharpened wow. on a rock. Yeah. That it, that was some impressive hairdressing, <laughs> like the, the the gradients and the like the the cleanness up the side and everything. Yeah, I call bullshit on that. I thought she was just going to give him a buzz cut. <laughs> she was comfortable with. Yeah, cut all his hair off. Put him See, in a facility and make the Russians do it. 
I want to I want to give a shout out to uh, somebody who we met many years ago, Bern Gorman. Um, good old Bern, um, who's either going to be in Torchwood or the creepy guy who menaces you in your movie. Um, he is born to be creepy, menacing man. Um, yes. Not an unpleasant to... human being mm. in person, but uh, in movies, always creepy. <laughs> always there. Mm. He was very creepy and menacing. I'd love to get into to a bit of spoiler for this because there are there are the things that annoyed me about it. The, the, the things that annoy me the most about it are really kind of specific plot things where you just kind of like, that's lazy. We we do. I I, I just whacked a spoiler up over the top of of that just while we talked. Um, yes, I. I'm not going to say I want to talk about spoilers and immediately chuck one out there. I thought you might. I thought you were just like, fuck it, whatever. No, Quinny will do it because he's Quinny. Yes, because he's enthusiastic and excitable. I'm not like the think quick thrower of spoiler territory. You know I hate spoiling things for people. I'm going to give you a very wide berth on that. Think quick, he dies. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow, that would be a shit thing to do. Okay, so before we do go to our clip, I reckon we should do some ratings um, because it's about sure. that time. So if I haven't say... seen it yet. Sorry? If you haven't seen the... If you haven't seen Enola Holmes, should you go see it or just sit at home and see it? You don't have to go anywhere. You just sit on your couch. It's via Netflix. Have you got yeah. the Netflix thing? No, no, I, you no. Do, you, do you, you have the Netflix thing? You've got the, you've got the soundboard. Come on. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I've just got a bunch of Henry Cavill quotes from The Witcher, so fuck it. I don't That's all I've got. Good. Yes, I would say yes if you've got a little bit of time. Um, this is worth chucking on for a watch on the Netflix because we all need fun things right now and it's fun. 100%. Um, definitely watch this over rewatching Queer Eye or whatever else it was that you were going to rewatch oh, in your sad, sad weekends alone. Making the like... horrible show par that I made and watching the Adjustment Bureau for the first time. Oh, is that bad? <laughs> right. <laughs> Very good. not I, good. Just watch it all homes again if you have that urge. Can right. I interest you in trying out the Fast and Furious fan franchise? Oh. No. <laughs> I'm okay, thank it's... you. Hated three of them, and then I was down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm not going to be taking that rabbit hole journey, but I do recommend people take the Enola Holmes journey. You okay. know, it's not perfect, uh, but it's it's for me. It was a lot of fun. It was beautifully made. You know, lots of beautiful English countryside and fun costumes to look at. Lots of nice character work and a plot that happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 85. I, I, no, 87. 85 seems too low. Okay. 80, 87 from Peter. Uh, Beck. Um, I think you should definitely watch it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't cost you anything if you've already got Netflix. And for something that doesn't cost you anything, it is extremely good value. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> like, genuinely. Um, and I think that this is something that can be enjoyed by people no matter what age they are. Um as well it is a very very enjoyable family movie that is also not boring for parents um i will give this one a solid 78 percent that's on the the beck scale 
I, I, that's the back scale. That's a, yeah. It's a backwards 87. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always remember that I, I enjoy your ratings back because, like, you, we, we can be quite effusive. Um, and, you know, a lot of our ratings seem to tend towards the higher. You're always kind of like, no, I'm calling this as I see it. Yeah, and of I, course. I change depending on my moods, which probably isn't fair. <laughs> if, if 100% is a perfect movie, then, like, you've got to admit that most movies are nowhere near perfect. And I think that Enola Holmes is actually a really good movie. Um, the overacting kills it a little bit for me. Uh, the fact that the plot points, the plot is very fluff, um, kills it a little bit for me. And then the fact that the uh, plot being fluff uh, leans heavily into the white male saviour Mm. really took it down a, a fair bit more for me but it is still a very enjoyable movie so solid 78 okay Dion uh, four again you did four last week <laughs> no, you're repeating no, your joke. joke um no the, like, I had a really fun time with Enola Holmes like watching that I liked everyone that was in it and said it was beautifully kind of shot it was it had a lot of interest and excitement and it was just kind of one of those things that you wanted to watch and that i would say hey you know it's a it's been a bit of a terrible year but you should watch it all homes it's fun i hope they make more of them so you know i'll give it uh like 85 i liked it i would watch them more if they announced a sequel tomorrow i'd be like cool yeah i'd like to see that yeah let's get yeah. rid of the foppish boy you know uh, he can hang around he can fund her adventures yeah, I'm I'm more than happy Absolutely. for him to stick around. I just hope that like they find ways to make him interesting and you know give him character growth and stuff. It'd be interesting to see a, a, a member of the House of Lords, you know, why actually Mycroft and, and what sort of Victorian exercise program I need to do. Mycroft is like a patriarchy as opposed to hate it. Yes, that's one of the kind of lazy things about it, actually. What well, the that he is a little bit too obvious. <laughs> The reasons you're supposed to hate him are too obvious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Not not him, but the reason that he even exists. Um, yeah. I'm going to go... Uh, yeah, look, I'm going to go 82. I, I thought it was good fun. Um, but, yeah, there were those those things in it that you kind of just go, ah, okay. Um, I didn't kind of come away at the end of it going, oh, shit, that was amazing. I thought that was fun and that was good. And it was... I was happy to see Millie, her name in the producing credits. Um, that to me is a, is a really cool thing that somebody who's that young is driving her own bus um, and saying, I want to tell these stories. I, and Peter, your eyes uh, closed like you had a, a thought about that. I don't have any thoughts. I don't know what the backstory to that is. Oh, okay. There was, there was just like a, hmm. Um, <laughs> And I wasn't sure whether it was like, is is it her money or is is? But to me, it looks like this is something I, that I she's got. It's her money. Well, yeah, but is it something that she's going? Okay, I want to be doing this kind of thing, and so she's pushing to make it happen. And if that's the case, awesome. That's that's a really exciting thing. I also want to give shout out to the uh, marketing for this one, um, who have been doing a really really cool uh, um, activation. Um, for this around, I don't know whether it's just the UK or uh, maybe around the world, but next to, have, have you guys seen this? Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. 
So next to statues of famous people like Charles Dickens and who were the other ones? Uh, Mozart. Um, there's quite a few of them, but Dickens and Mozart are probably the best known. Mm. They have erected a statue of their sister. Um, and then... Not just their sister. They're incredibly accomplished and often more accomplished than them, sister. Yeah. And going, hey, you all know that guy, but here's this lady who, you know has done all these things and potentially in a lot of cases was as good if not better than the that dude and here's their accomplishments and maybe it's time that they stop being in the shadow of that dude on a horse. And, it, and it's generally until they had to give it up because they were a lady. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Until they had to give it up because children. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Children, or it was be- not culturally acceptable for them to be so awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, we will go to a clip. And it then is we- now. Sorry. <laughs> it is now. Okay. Right. In well- some ways, yes. Not everywhere, and not in all ways. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. There okay. is still an element of, well, you've reached your thirties. Go, go to pasture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only in Hollywood, right? That doesn't happen in the no, not everywhere. Yeah. Joke. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I hear about people, you know, going, "Oh, I can't get the work anymore," or somebody, I keep thinking. I think it's the Amy Schumer clip, it's the the comedy thing of your last fuckable day. It's like they're holding a party for the person who the another actress. And it's like, sorry, you've now hit 30 question mark and today is your officially last fuckable day. You no longer get to be in all of the sexy roles. Now all of the Hollywood stops working for you. Sorry, bye. And yeah, it's it's a shit thing. And I hate the fact that you all have to go with that. (laughs) But now we have another wonderful movie about women kicking butt and that is always a good thing. Damn straight. We're going to go to a clip and then we will come back and talk about it in spool, fo- spool foilery details. <laughs> School foilery <laughs> Have a fucking clip. I also enjoy a sketch. Helps me think. Process my thoughts. Helps me do the same. Caricature. Perhaps best if Wirecroft doesn't see it. Do you intend to stay up there? I was hoping for some privacy. You know, last I remember of you, you were quite a timid little thing. You had a pine cone wrapped in wool. Dragged it with you wherever you went. Calling it Dash. Someone told you that Queen Victoria had a cavalier King Charles Spaniel called Dash, and you decided you wanted the same. We could never persuade you to put any trousers on. Your bottom was always bare. <laughs> I think that's all the memories I have. Thank you. If you could now forget them all. A pine cone called Dash. That sounds ridiculous. Father used to chase you all about the place, shouting, Get that damn dog out of my house! <laughs> Why did you never visit? I lead a busy life. 
Why did you never write? Would you have cared for my letters? I have kept every clipping of every case of yours I could ever find. That's flattering. And yet, it took our mother's disappearance to bring you home. She meant to go. She's not coming back. No. But the truth is, Mother always had a reason for everything. Her own way of doing things. And those kind of mysteries are always the most satisfying to unpick. I don't want a mystery, Sherlock. I want my mother back here and my life as it was. You're being emotional. It's understandable, but unnecessary. Look for what's there, not what you want to be there. You'll see the truth soon enough. Hmm, okay. You're being emotional. I was about to get fucking emotional with the, uh, the audio. <laughs> I'm super emotional. Yes, and now I put on the spoiler thingy because we're talking spoilers. I to get back with the spoilery time. Yes, yeah. I'm still trying to work time. out the audio, and and I would like everybody in the chat to drop some f's uh, for Dion, who has been running this shit for um, past however long, and doing so through technical difficulties is very stressful and most unpleasant. So I'm going to give you it's like my a respect. <laughs> Even Rocky has a montage. Every day you get a little bit better. <laughs> that wasn't an yeah, invitation for you to sing stupid songs. It was just me saying, I feel your pain. <laughs> this is what happens when you put men in the driver's seat. Well. <laughs> total shit show. Oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> okay. Ow. Oh, jeez. Ow. Okay. Friends don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. And you were using my computer. <laughs> I was, but I can't use this because I'm on Wi-Fi and your computer doesn't have any Wi-Fi. Oh, God. Anyway, let us talk about some of the plot points of Enola Holmes that may be considered a bit spoilery. So if you haven't Did seen you the film... Did you say plot points? I think I said plot points. Plot points. Apparently my mouth doesn't work. Plot points. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. This is this is super spoilery. I gotta say, my yell at the television moment was: At what point did you get the breastplate of yeah. the armor? Somehow put it under your fairly fitted Victorian vest. Somehow have it stay there, even though it was a breastplate just on its own, mm -hmm. and then button your vest up again. Like, yeah. How? What? Yeah, that was, very simple. that was that was lazy. I've done it a hundred times. <laughs> it was lazy, that was lazy. and or it was obvious. It that he was wearing it the whole time, which <laughs> why? <laughs> Literally the entire movie. This is the Victorian version of a bulletproof vest. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though I. The Fugbury actually quite enjoys dressing up in ladies' clothing. Mother says I shouldn't do it, but uh, I'm I'm a lord and I can do whatever the fuck I want. Also, Tewksbury, um I, I like the fact that they set it up and they're like, oh, here's, here's a breastplate. So he's clearly just seen it and gone, that's a good idea. But then you're like, no, fuck off. How did you get that on so quick? That's just a load of crap. Also, how did you, like, take it apart and get it on so quick for someone who has literally never worn... 
a suit of armor before in their life. Like these things are not simple. No. To put on. No, it especially not. Stay um... there. It was only the front piece. Like this. I assume it's heavy. Like how? What? Anyway. And not shaped to him. He was a little twig of a kid. Like no. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, if there'd been, there could have been any amount of time. Like, even if they'd just had him run out of the room or something, I would have bought it more. But as it was, it was like... It really kind of broke that moment moment for me. And it also broke it that it was a repeat of something that they had already done. You know, the the fake-out chest injury being stopped by something that, in that case, had been adequately set up. That was done in this movie. Like, already. And we had some, we already had a, um, not just an introduction, but we did have a really solid setup, as you said, with the corset. And a busk in a corset will probably actually stop a knife. You just have to be really unlucky or really lucky if you're the one wearing it um, for them to actually stab right in the centre for some reason. Why would you do that? I don't know. Because mm. um, also that's not the best place to stab someone because that's where you're going to stab into their bone. Sternum. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's there's logic fine. issues. So yeah, that that kind of broke it for me. Grandma was no surprise. Like not exactly a a, a plot twist. No. Um, Even though they tried to like... make her nice. Yeah. Well, well that was the, the first clue, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I just yeah. I, by that end of the movie, I, I felt like it had gone on a little bit too long. Not too long that it was going to be a series, but but too long on foppish boy, boy plot um, movie, and that I wasn't being surprised anymore. And you know, I, I was a little bit done with it. And then we get that that wrap up with mother. Um, that is completely, it's a nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It doesn't wrap up any of the setups that have happened for that storyline at all. Uh, Enola doesn't find her. She finds Enola. So Enola doesn't achieve the one thing that she actually set out to achieve in the film. And she comes in and literally says something along the lines of, I've been working so hard for this thing and then you came in and fixed it. Like with the boy. Yeah, she didn't fix it. She just saved this kid who happens to be the white dude who's going to come in and vote for reform to save this thing. Like, and that that actually bugged me a little bit too. The fact that they're talking about ah, they're voting for reform, like they're talking about the House of Lords and they're voting for reform, but that isn't in any way clearly marked as being aligned with suffrage or anything like that. It was. No. The, like the two things were kind of they, they used the one thing to describe this and something else to describe this and you don't know that, that Helena Bonham Carter's whole cabal is trying to achieve the same thing and in fact I don't think they were No, it's very muddy um, mm. Also you can't blow up just a couple of fireworks in a fucking shop full of fireworks. Oh, that kills me. I was yeah. waiting for the big explosion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There were like we were all waiting of gunpowder in there. Yeah, we saw what happened in, was it, uh, not Beirut? Uh, um, where was the gigantic fucking explosion earlier this year? In Lebanon. It was in Lebanon. Fertilizer. Um I mean, but yeah, I, I guess fireworks. barrels no. of gunpowder in Victoria, England are a little bit different, but it should have taken out a couple of blocks at exactly. least. Exactly. 
it should have. It was incredibly dangerous. And when she lit shit on fire, I was like, oh no, this is going to be big. And then it wasn't. Yeah, and it and it felt like kind of shitty special effects at that point too. Yeah, you're like, well, I mean, it's very expensive, and she's a producer, so she had to make that call about whether or not they could go to lunch early or if they could just put it in post. Um, mm. But that was also one of the things that I really missed, and I was hoping that they'd expand more on, which is like Helena Bonkart's, sorry, Helena Bonkart's, um uh, storyline her whole thing was vastly interesting that was definitely yeah. something that i wanted to know more about who are those women she's women. dealing with yeah this fascinating woman who who had two boys who were kind of famous and super smart and then a girl that she raised pretty much alone um who had she'd made sort of a super smart prodigy what a fascinating woman who's then involved in things like you know just basically sapping the government's money through her son to do revolution and i was like that's great what a fun, what a fun story that's the story we wanted that's um, the story although, that we got teased mm. yeah although rob franklin has said in the chat um going back to the whole suit of armor on our foppish boy that um they thought he may have been wearing a corset and i would have forgiven every fucking sin in this movie if he'd shown up wearing a corset and was like it just looked like something i wanted to try like <laughs> I, heard, I heard this was good armor you know do you mind if i try the whole ensemble on next like yes the whole movie saved. <laughs> yeah, if it turns out that little Lord Fauntleroy is actually, you know, somebody who may or may not enjoy dressing as a woman or may be queer in some way, shape or form, whole movie yes. saved. Perfect. Perfect. That would have fixed the entire relationship as well. Chefs. It would have. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what a missed opportunity. Because then it wouldn't have been, we feel like we're repeating the same payoff. It would feel like you know, it, it was, was a, a double a, setup. A, exactly. You yeah. feel like, oh, I wasn't expecting that payoff again. <laughs> yeah. 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 And all this other stuff that Not goes that, with it. Yeah. A busk wouldn't have stopped a shotgun blast, but I would have said it would have just for the story. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. And actually, how do, how are we going with um, Anola Holmes' straight up murder of that guy at the end? <laughs> like, we're, we're all cool with that? I mean, that was, I that was a big <laughs> bit. And I was, yeah, I was sitting with my, my friend at the time. And when it cut to that bit, we both went, <gasps> yeah. audible Oh, yeah. Like, I had the same reaction. He did. And like, that, that would be a big deal because she didn't actually mean to murder him. And no. that's got psychological consequences that we didn't visit at all. But that's what the series is for. So, you know. <laughs> Is oh, it? is the series is the series going to go dark and it's all about her post traumatic stress? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then she goes and sees her brother Sherlock, and they start getting into opium because he did that. Yeah, uh, like they they both do a lot of laudanum, um, get all fucked up. Um, I, I think that would be like the, the quickest journey into the dark phase of a genre in all time. <laughs> and I am here for it. I mean, look, I mean, in the Sherlock, the other one, the British one with Cumbersnatch. Um, Bandersnatch. He, uh, he, like, they have the sister in there, Eunice. Eunice uh, Holmes. Yeah. Um, but she's, she's in a, a mental institution. Yeah, um, she's a problem. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but 
Yeah. Like um, in this one, that could quite easily, because I like that you said the time period where it's set, it's set in pre-Watson. So Sherlock knows he has a sister, but then I would like to see her, you know, kind of being super smart and then hit like a point and then go a little bit, or maybe she's locked up because they think she's crazy. Well, the fun thing about Victorian times. (laughs) She's an overachieving She wouldn't have to be crazy to be locked up. crazy. No, all she'd have to do is basically talk. She's, She's going to end ideas. up being yes. lobotomized. Yes. Um, I could go down the other way, which is, you seem to be uh, too, too, like, too wild and rambunctious. I know. It's this, this treatment that we have, which you is... You have hysteria. Yeah. But you know... Hysteria, my dear. That's more fun to treat. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> Good old hysteria. The thing is, they were almost going down that path with Mycroft. Like, that... Mm. It wouldn't have been too far of a jump to get to that point. Um, and I think that that is a really dark sort of journey to take for a set of children's books that are being turned into a movie. Mm. Um, but you know, if you want to write your fanfic, Dion, go <laughs> off. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I'm I sure the internet has me covered. I don't need to write shit. There is a grim, dark uh, DC now. universe version of an old Holmes that is penned by Dion coming any second now. Peter, you're going to say something. No way. I was going to say, I did also think it was like a a little bit annoying that Mycroft was dimensionless patriarchy man, which Mm. left room for Sherlock to be wonderful, supportive, progressive man, um, which was fun and nice as a character point that Sherlock ends up caring about Enola and being happy that she's kind of beat him to the conclusion. Um, But at the same time, again, it's like a little bit lazy and a little bit like, Oh, really? Like, magical Victorian progressive man? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like they had to do it because everyone has to love Sherlock. Like, <laughs> you can't do an unlikable Sherlock but even you... when you're doing shitty Sherlock. You, you have to. to make him likable. Because he's um, still mag- a prick. Magical Victorian progressive man is now my go-to <laughs> phrase for anyone. It's like, oh, I want a medic pixie dream girl. I'm like, no, you don't. You want a, you magical, want a magical Victorian progressive, progressive man. man. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like a man, man who listens to, to female-friendly chat That's in every civil rights movie. Like, a historical movie about the civil rights movement always has a non-existent white person that's like, oh, I'm completely reasonable and would love to help you out. Yes. Just yeah. so that, you know, certain audiences will be like, I'm comfortable with this. Yeah, now. white saviour yes. guy. It, it's exactly. just a bit lazy. Exactly. Mm. Um, I also need to know what the hell was going on between Mycroft and that headmistress because that was mm. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> I was uncomfortable. I love her in Killing Eve, but in this, I was like, uncomfortable. Everyone was uncomfortable. No one was okay with this. Yeah, yeah. She's wonderful in Killing Eve, but in here, I was just like, that. Are you? Are you the 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 raunchy older lady who is just like doing everybody? I I think that she she was his teacher in high school, and she may have had a bit of a crush, and then. He got his government position to get her into a better position, and then there's more. Okay, I'm down the rabbit hole. More Dion fanfic is coming. There's a lot of Dion in. <laughs> Yours is a lot more PG than the version I was going. When you started Dion, with, she sure. was his teacher in high school. I was totally on he's board got, for. He's got people pulling plows in fields. He's got <laughs> weird teacher-student relationship. Like you do your thing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'll read it, but you do your thing. <laughs> I want it to be rated explicit and all of the tags to be like hurt, comfort, and uh, um, straight 
your friends and, then, and enemies Both. to lovers. Just the whole thing. Jesus. No. <laughs> wow. And, and can I just lament one more time that hmm. Susan Wacoma was criminally underused and why do we not have that show? She was great. I loved it. I loved her. I loved that whole idea that there was that, that well, I mean, because there was, but, um, you know, that there, we get to see the organisation that went into things like the suffrage movement, which mm. was, it doesn't just happen overnight. It's forced upon you. Like, you have to be organised and do things. Um, I, I love I that, but I also love that she's running a fucking jujitsu class above a tea, a tea um, room. <laughs> and it's just like, yes, absolutely. People were you know not ashamed there there were people who were very proud to say i'm a woman and i'm strong and i'm i'm going to teach other women to be strong and capable yes in in the privacy of my own home where we're not going to be judged for it because that's what they had to do yeah um i also want to point out that the costumes that they are wearing i was very excited to see some sportswear for ladies um that is historically accurate unfortunately it was historically accurate to around the 1920s not the late 1800s but you know it was close enough it was close enough (laughs) for effort they gave it a Yes, yeah, they weren't up there in their Lululemon. Um, so, you know, <laughs> yes. big point. At least there were bloomers <laughs> and stuff. We do love a good bloomer. I mean, there, there are a few... Suddenly, if I, I, yeah, you can go, I just interject, we're talking about period accurate... Yeah, you can, I just want to interject with the period accurate stuff. Mm. I did happen to watch a do- another documentary on Netflix just last night called uh, Harold and Lillian, A Hollywood Love Story, which mm. is about... A, uh, a storyboard artist and a film researcher, which is specifically about that nice thing and about how influential they were on Hollywood for decades. And it is amazing. But her job, Lillian's job, was to basically go, what sort of underwear would they have worn in that time period when there are no reference photos? And she would be the person who would literally go and find an old knitting circle of Jewish ladies to find out what sort of underwear they wore. And they were like, yeah, oh, we had to hand sew them. And then, then she would get that done and they'd put it in the movie and people would be like, oh, wow, that's real. Anyway, it's that's lovely. a good one to go and find. Yeah. It's um, lovely. I'll put it on the Facebook. It, as long as we're talking about accuracy in underwear, uh, it Always. was very nice to see Enola's um, dressing scene and she's wearing a proper Victorian corset, which is very nice to see. And she's wearing a chemise underneath because you would never, ever, 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 ever wear a corset next to your skin. So Because pinching? Big points. No, Well, partially, but mostly because it, how do you wash them? Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Like you can wash them, <laughs> but it's much harder to wash a corset than it is to wash a chemise or a shift underneath it. Um, so shifts got washed all the time um, and you had like four or five of them and corsets got washed infrequently and you had like one or two. Right. I see Dion taking a lot of very good notes. Me on corsets, corsets, corsets are amazing, time. Peter. I'll get you a nice one. <laughs> I actually know. I, I saw a, an advertisement recently for a lo- local corset maker, perhaps. Oh, a corset maker. Social yes. media relationship with you sent that sponsored content to me. You know what? I am here to, to sing the praises of proper corsetry 
um, all day long. Whalebone or steel rib? So whalebone, fun fact, not actually made of bone of whale. Uh, it's baleen, which is it's from the baleen. whales. Yeah. Really? From Yeah. Huh. Um, so it's well, actually very flexible and that is more similar in structure to our plastic boning or uh, zip ties even that we have today than to steel or a super strong structure. The way that most corsets get their shape is not from the boning inside the channels. Um, it is actually from the way that the pattern is cut and the different uh, panels of the corset. So even if you didn't have any whalebone um, or steel boning in your corset, it would still hold the same shape and it would still cinch you in. So but not, not there you so go. good the stopping of the knives. I mean, I would definitely- That is the busk, which is the front section of the corset where it actually does up um, in Victorian, most Victorian corsets. Um, some of them do up, you know, differently um, or don't have any opening at the front at all, but they would have been metal likely. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the periodic table of corsetry. Um, we are very, very excited to talk <laughs> to you why today. It would have actually probably stopped the knife. Like that is that would have been accurate. Um, so there you go. This has been Vexa sides into Victorian underwear. Yeah, I mean, you know what? This is a this is a recurring series that I think we could bring back at any given time. And what's more, with great popularity. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the uh, 1800s jujitsu, which I was like, there. Like I've studied a bit of jujitsu, and I was like, yeah, that's actually pretty fucking spot on. And I love the fact that she's not, you know, they haven't grabbed a whole bunch of other martial arts and kind of flung them together and gone, yeah, let's get her doing all of these, you know, let's throw a bit of taekwondo in there and let's throw a bit of this, that, or the other. It was very much jujitsu. It was a lot of locks and grabs and, and uh, floor work. And, and I was like, fucking nice work. This is makes yeah. sense. I did feel like it set us up with a very predictable plot point. Oh, the, the stupid fucking... The corkscrew. Yeah. And she can't do it. She can't do it. Of course, she's going to manage it at the end. Yeah. Um, however... I don't think any of us were expecting it to be quite as effective no. <laughs> as it ended up being. Because that was a lot. It was. I don't think she expected that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy, no. I, yeah. Because it was so obvious. And you're like, oh, come on. We get what, you, what you're doing with it. And then for it to finish with that, you're like, oh, shit. I think that's the... Yep. They've managed to save what was potentially a really, really hokey shit bit by making it enough of a sting in the tail that you went, oh. So you'd forgive the rest did of it. Did they save it, though, or did they just warp it? Good question. I don't know. Because, like, this is meant to be a movie that kids are watching yeah, true. as well. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. That was a lot. And they kind of just brush it off, too. Mm. Like, it's completely brush Like, it is not mentioned. It's yeah, like... the fact that Enola has murdered a person. Um, yeah. <laughs> whatever. I mean, self-defense, but still. Hmm. Yeah, still mad for it. defense but but like a woman murdering someone uh, who was working for a very powerful family, like mm. she is lucky that the mother was on her side because otherwise she would have been fucked. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, what do we think of uh, that? The whole thing of of um, you're being emotional. This is a, a, a 
line that I've noticed a couple of times used in like Captain Marvel and then here again of Sherlock talking to her and saying, you're being emotional. Um, is that now becoming a, a kind of a plot point it's that is... tropey now. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I get why um, hmm. it's a thing because it is a thing. It's yeah. a thing because it's a thing. But then it's so much a thing that you're kind of like, oh, fucking shut up about the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing that women in general get told a lot because apparently women are the only people who have emotions mm. um, or, like, are able to act on them. Um, but I, I feel like in Captain Marvel it's used in much the way that we see a barbarian's rage in Dungeons & Dragons. Um, in that you can harness that emotion and use it to your own good and your own gain. Um, whereas here it's just kind of brushed off as more of a joke or a jab um, mm. that kind of gets flipped around onto the opposite sex. Um, but it's it's not really, I don't know, it, it wasn't amusing to me in this movie. Mm. I wasn't even sure whether Again, it was meant to be amusing. It's just a bit lazy and obvious. Like the, the, the theme and tones were very clear. Um, mm -hmm. So it does become a little bit on the nose after a while when those kind of like extra tropey moments mm. are thrown in there. Yeah. 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 Like it's 101 gaslighting women. Yeah. 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 Gaslighting 101. And let's, <laughs> Tell let's her be she's honest. emotional. Yeah. And nobody yeah. wants to take that class. Well, nobody that I know anyway. Just, <clears throat> just, no, most of the people who would already have it innately built into them. Which is mm -hmm. terrifying. I mean, just, just go to any uh, film with a man in it, like arguing or yelling, and then just stop the scene and be like, you're being too emotional. You can't handle the truth. Say Sorry. That. You're being, you're being emotional. emotional. <laughs> I I'll need you to calm, calm down. down yeah. Be, <laughs> just, I think I feel like you're getting a bit hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> what you need to do is go and have a big wank, and then the hysteria will be gone and everything's fine. <laughs> Admittedly, I think the shining probably would have been solved if you'd just gone and had it. Anyway, um, moving wow. on. Wow, this is Winnie's oh, fanfic that he's yeah. writing. Um, <laughs> Not proud. Not proud. Yep. Okay. Uh, was there anything about Enola Holmes that you didn't like, apart from the stuff that we've already mentioned? Were all the, I feel like the, we've mentioned the, a fair The last bit. half hour has been shit that we didn't like. <laughs> well, okay, what was what were the best things about it? What's the bit you're going to take away and tell your friends? Like, you need to watch it because of this. I really liked her stuff to camera. You know, I, I know a lot of people don't like the fourth wall break stuff, but... I found her to be really uh, like engaging, and even though there was a lot of exposition that was done in that way, which I think is really lazy, um, mm. I think she has enough personality and, and enough kind of joie de vida to kind of make you go, I'm enjoying spending time with this person. And I really kind of like the fact that she got given so much more to do in this. You know, like you look at Stranger Things for three years now, or three seasons, she's kind of been back sidelined into not doing much or not saying much and doing a lot with just looking. Um, you look at uh, Godzilla and, you know, she was there to be menaced by a Godzilla. This, I felt like this is something that she's actually got something to do. 
And I enjoyed and that. And she got to use her accent. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought she was good. I just, I don't know. I, it felt very heavy on the overacting for me. So she wasn't my favourite part of the, the movie. And if it had just been her, um, sort of as a redemptive quality to it, I wouldn't necessarily be recommending it. Um, I think that it was a lot of things that came together to make it really as as enjoyable as it was. And I don't know that she played a massive part in that. Um, but maybe I'm being too um, uh, critical. We were a review show. You're allowed to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> Peter. There was a lot of overacting. Okay. Favourite bits, anything that you want to sort of leave as a takeaway, Pete? Um, you know, I, I kind of forgive the overacting because it, it does feel a bit like children's content. Um, and, you know, that, that was the original audience for it. Um, I, don't know, I don't think that I have a favourite bit. I just thought that it was fun to watch and not taxing on my emotions. And that's nice these days, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something that doesn't make me feel anything. Anything at all, really, <laughs> which is totally fine because you just have fun for a couple of hours. Yeah. And, and then that's nice. And then you're done. <laughs> that's yeah. why I've been playing Spider-Man so much. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that that uh, head caving in scene at the end kind of really took away from the kids' movie value of this for me. Um, mm. But maybe I'm too protective of young children. I don't know. Maybe they don't mind seeing someone's head get rammed in with a pine cone statue. Yeah. Look, to be honest, I'm not sure I would show this to my niece, um, who is four, although I would mm. love to be able to show her a fun movie about a female protagonist, which I probably would have been able to show her except for that moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, okay, she loves the puzzles, though. She's good at word games and deducting things. But it and doesn't actually murder. lead to anything. <laughs> yeah. Her word game fixing doesn't lead to anything. And also, why didn't she just walk out of that school? Like, she couldn't at any yeah. point. Anyway, what? <laughs> Sorry, we didn't discuss why the basket. Yeah, like, yeah. why didn't she just walk out? The like, and why did she locked. wait for him to show up? Like, just leave. Yeah, just, just go. steal the car. You did it anyway. Well, <laughs> and she got a bunch of money from her mother, which then her brother stole back off her. Yeah, why didn't she just give him, like, a five-pound note and be like, soz, I spent the rest, but just keep it in your tip. Like, that's what they're there for. <laughs> why not just say you spent it all and give him nothing? He's yeah. not going to go rooting around in there. Exactly. Yeah. And if he does, it's sexual assault. Not that that means much in the Victorian era. Like, he's not going to do it on camera. <laughs> No, there's a big camera right <laughs> well, there. The there. You know the camera's there. You've been talking to it this whole movie. <laughs> He's not wow. going to love... around in your corsetry while the camera's there. Somehow, even this review has become vaguely metatextual. 
Now we're talking I mean, honestly, to you. Why don't you just ask the film crew to help her? Jesus. Like, yeah. <laughs> that would have solved a lot of problems. Genuinely. I mean, when she's being waterboarded and she, like, winks at the camera, like, why weren't they helping? It's like yeah. watching freaking Bear grills. Like, I'm sorry, there is a crew there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to drink your own piss. They've probably got Powerade for you. Mm. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I love the idea of the crew that's hanging out with Bear Grylls, looking at him, going, "Well, I'm not going to fucking go near him." I mean, from now on, he smells funny. <laughs> so I feel like we're done with that. Yeah, I feel like we yeah. might be. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anola Holmes, uh, watch this film if you like watching Bear Grylls drink piss. <laughs> it was thoroughly enjoyable. I will watch it again. Hmm. I sincerely hope that there is a sequel or a series of sequels or a series as a sequel. Um, I would like Bring to go back to the Edith spin-off. Spin I'd be very happy. Um, I just need to point out just before we finish up that uh, someone absolutely insane and incredible has already tweeted to us uh, a picture of their new shirt which says, bring me a magical progressive Victorian man and has a, <laughs> a Victorian man silhouette <laughs> alongside it. So, Thank you. Uh, that is by Tiki Doll. Thank you, Tiki Doll. You are incredible. That's incredible. I am... Oh, it's Panda Is it? Panda Rattaker. Thank you. Thank you, That's so goddamn good, and I cannot wait to buy that shirt. I don't know how I'm going to buy that shirt, but, you know. Magic and Victorian progressive man. <sighs> That's so good. <laughs> so good. Okay. I think we should wrap it up there. Um, keep an eye out yeah, on the social... next week. I was about to do a well, thing yeah, that okay, said, yeah, keep yeah. an eye on the socials and find out what we're doing next week, oh. because... We didn't oh, right. decide that. I mean, we could look at Utopia. Ah, I mean, we could also ask the audience, but we know they're just going to say Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, yes, I'm looking at you, Rob. The TV show or the M. Night Shyamalan Lama Ding Dong? They always well, want the, the TV show. The second thing doesn't exist, apparently, so I'm assuming they mean the TV show. <laughs> yes, correct. I don't understand the other words that you thing. said. Yes. All so, right. yes. Um, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's always going to say Avatar. Um, okay, so Predikanger is saying uh, definitely the UK Utopia. If you want to, you can actually find our review of the UK Utopia that we did nearly four and a half years ago on the website. Um, yeah, it's on the it's on the website. Um, if you go to the periodic table of awesome.com and just type in Utopia, you will get it. It's right there. Yeah, it, it's it's one before we even numbered the shows. It was one of the first five podcasts we ever did. Um, and it's great. Yeah. It is super weird and as i said to to everybody beforehand i'm not sure i'm in a mental headspace to be able to do utopia um because it's about a pandemic and and people dying and it's dark as hell so i don't know as i say keep an eye out always got the ted lasso option if you guys want a televisual bubble bath i'm just saying i'm actually very keen to experience this this bubble bath of which you speak um and I have also someone else has said June, and I'm like, sure, June is definitely there. We've done June as well. We've done yeah. a lot of podcasts. We did June in Perth with Magnus. Um, yes, yes, you, we could do that. Personally, something I would love to talk about is Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, um, which is not. I know. Look at all of you. Go what? Um, <laughs> no, I know of it. I'm just not interested. 
Which is a shame because it's actually really entertaining. Um, it's it's uh, a surprisingly good um, aimed at tweens uh, animated series set alongside Jurassic World. And it's surprisingly violent too, um, which is great. So, yeah, anyway. Um, it's the audience for this animation it's, that is violent. It yeah. is, well, I say violent, it's... It's clearly aimed at the young teen uh, to mid-teen kind of audience. Um, like, all of the characters... Why are we creating such violent content for our youths? Because it's fucking Jurassic Park. You know <laughs> you know what happens in Jurassic Park, right? Dinosaurs eat people. Well, yes, but this... it's aimed at our youths. <laughs> yes, well, true. Yes. Anyway. We get away with it in anime by saying anime is not actually for children. <laughs> Well, this one's for teenagers. They're not really children, are they? What are the Predacangus says, are the dinosaurs anthropomorphized? No, that's the weird part about it. <laughs> like, the, the, the kids are all kind of, you know, uh, Pixar-style, you know, smooth-shaded and everything like that. The dinosaurs are terrifyingly realistic. It's very strange, but it works. Oh, good. Anyway, um, we will be uh, keep an eye on our social media channels. Um, and also, please, follow us on Instagram, uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us uh, on Facebook, like us on Facebook, do all those things. Send us an email, for God's sake. Send us an email or a voicemail. Sorry? Dion? Follow us on Twitch. Yes. 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 Send us a Ko-Fi if you've got... Look, I mean, honestly, these day and age, I don't know if anyone's got any money at all, ever, forever. Hmm. Um, dip into your superannuation and throw us tuba. <laughs> don't do that. Tuba. Don't, terrible, don't. terrible. Fun. Bad advice. <laughs> Never do it. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> right. Well, thank you. I have been Quinny. I've, I've been, been back. <laughs> I've been Peter. <laughs> Dive in. Just every time. I have been Peter. Excellent. And- Apparently, Dion doesn't give a Dion fuck anymore. Give a shit. No. <laughs> You're a dick. No. I've done me. I've been Dion. And we will see you next time. Thank you and good night. If I have to stay hidden from my brothers, I must become something unexpected. You've progressed nicely. Is she safe? She's our company. I'm Viscount Tewksbury. A useless boy. You have to help me. I'm not ready to die on a train. I'm not ready to die at all, and I was going to before I met you. What are you planning, Mother? She always had a reason for everything way of doing things. Perhaps she wants to change the world. Perhaps it's a world that needs changing. Thanks for listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast. If you have questions, please email info at periodictableofawesome.com. Find us on our website, www.theperiodictableofawesome.com, where there's links to our iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time, stay awesome.